we're going to look at the, the well, first of all, we're going to look at the scripture reading because it has everything to do with my lesson. We're going to read it again. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And long as we keep doing this, we have the answer to all of our problems. What I'm going to speak to you today is about various trials. And it was a hard one to preach on because I had to pray about it and I had to make sure I'd done it in a certain way. I believe the local church has an autonomy. It's separate from all the other churches. That's the reason Christ didn't set it up like the Catholic Church with a hierarchy. Our problems are not any other congregation's problems. Our problems are to be resolved by God's Word at all times. And any time we get away from that, we have missed the mark big. Uh, I guess a good statement would be, I'm going to preach a sermon that opens up my life to you. That you'll know me better, you'll know Marianne better, but most of all, that you'll understand trials better. But we have some joyful news. Chloe is our new sister in Christ, and we need to have her in our prayers, and we're so happy for you. That is a wonderful thing. That's the greatest thing in the world to become a child of God because the blessings are just unnumerable that you're going to enjoy. Trials, various trials. Sadly to say, they make us who we are. Some of them are good. Some of them are real rough. And I'm going to go through some trials and we're going to look at a lot of scripture today, and we're going to see how they do mold us to what we are as a child of God. A trial is a test of faith, patience, or stamina through a subjection to suffering or temptation. That's the definition of a trial. What do people call trials? They call it, some call it a Trials are a run of bad luck. Some people blame someone else that they never even consider that they might be wrong. The description of this person is usually arrogant, prideful, closed-minded, my way or the highway. And sadly to say, this exists in the Lord's church. You know, out of all the churches in America, there's probably about 90-some percent I would not attend, I would not even worship at, because they got a mixture of God's Word and, and what they do, and it contradicts each other. And any time you have a contradiction with God's Word, you know, you got problems in your church. Some believe that they should examine their life and make sure they're living a godly life. 
I think that's what we should do through any trial. Keeping in mind 1 Corinthians 15:58, when you quit working for the Lord, that trial's taking you down a road you do not want to go because it can cost you your soul. Kobe made a wonderful point in his study the other night that we have a broad range, is that how you put it, of spiritual growth in our congregation. And I think that is good. I think that is a very good statement. The last time I preached was the first year that this congregation was started. My sons had the opportunity to preach several times for you, and I appreciate that. And I just brought that up to point out I'm no preacher. (laughs) I do know how to do PowerPoint, but it had been about 15 years since I'd done it, so I left that one alone. Well, Danny Hogan, I've attended six congregations in my lifetime. I was baptized when I was 19. I was the soil that you would call rocky. I faded away within months of becoming a Christian. But through the grace of God, I was reapproached nine years later at age 28. And some of you probably know him. His name is Colbert Turney. My mom became a Christian in her 60s. And I lived a life shameful. But this guy shows up, and he tells me that there's one church. We had about a 20-minute discussion. He left. I told my mom, that is the most stupid person I have ever met in my life. I said, I can drive up and down these streets. There's churches everywhere. So I told my mom, you know, being 28 years old, I knew everything. Yeah, in my mind, I'm a legend. (laughs) Marianne will tell you that right now. So I told my mom, I said, you know what? I'm going to go to church with you long enough to show you that this real religious group is no different than any other in this world. Well, I'm 64 and I'm still going to church, so I didn't, didn't quite have that one figured out. But I tell you what. Marianne and I have studied tremendously. We've raised two very godly children. And I say that with all humbleness because it was him, it was not me. I just followed the pattern. I've been six congregations. Two, I've left to put my kids in a better situation of more Christian kids in the church. Uh, Marianne, I met her through a sister in the church, and three years later, when I was proving my mom, you know, this church was another religious body, we got married. Uh, Marianne's raised Catholic through the whole system. She was an easy conversion, just like I was. Uh, she had already through, saw through the fallacy of the Pope and the 
church and the way they did things. She was an easy convert. I was an easy convert. The only religion I had in my family, I was baptized when I was 10 years old because five or six other kids did. The only taste of religion I had was one day my mom walks in from making lunch and she told Dad, she said, uh, why are you not going to church? Dad lowered the paper. And to know my parents, my parents never argued. They did. It was not in front of me. He lowered the paper, and he says, Woman, I know everything there is about giving, and I'll send my check with you. That was the last time he ever entered the church. So I was an easy because I already knew I didn't get baptized for the right reason, you know. But, you know, we uh, went to Vivian Road. And I say this because some of you have known me 25, 30 years, and there ain't no hiding it. And I believe in church autonomy. If you come to me and ask me a question about one of them congregations, unless you're thinking about attending there, I will not tell you nothing. It is not nobody's business. And gossip and tearing people down goes on too much in Lord's kingdom right now, and I will not be part of it. But we went to Vivian Road because there was a lot of kids there. <laughs> and Mary Ann was teaching at Lenexa, a babe in Christ, and one kid, and it was mine. You know, I'm sitting there going, you know, this, this don't even make sense, let alone work. So we went to Vivian Road. Very strong eldership. Very strong eldership. Learned a lot. I learned authority at Lenexa. I learned personal work at Vivian Road. Well, now I'm at camp. I find out that Richmond, Missouri has a Christian in every class of the school district from grade school through high school except for one and several of them classes had two or three Christians in it and I'm sitting there thinking whoa this is good for the kids and plus Kenny had watched uh, Charlotte's Web so many times he was fanatic about farm life so we go to Richmond, become farmers. Well, then we leave Richmond. Richmond was a tough one. It was an eldership started with no eldership experience. We had a family come into the congregation that brought a false teaching. Did not believe in the second serving of the Lord's Supper. And they didn't even live godly lives. And I truly believe a little leaven leavens a whole lump. And as time went on, I had to step down as elder because I could not be involved in it. And then it leads up to Sleven. So back to Lenexo. I mean, back to Vivian Road we go. Well, Vivian Road ain't got the same eldership no more. And that ended up to be another trial that I don't want nobody to go through. We have God's word to live our life. Well, 
I end up with you. <laughs> and I, I, th- I think it's a good thing. And me and Marion totally love worshiping with you. I think all your hearts that I know well are true hearts, and you want to serve God in the right way. We're going to look at uh, a scripture in James. And first I want to uh, give you a definition of a couple words. And the reason I do that, one word in particular, the way we use it in America, just doesn't do it justice. We're going to look at the word steadfast, cheerful, hopeful, steadfast, contingency, consistency, endurance. In the New Testament, the characteristic of a man who is not severed from his deliberate purpose and is loyalty to faith, piety, by even the greatest trials and sufferings. And the next word is perfect, and this is one I want to touch base on. Brought to an end, finish, wanting nothing, necessary to completeness, perfect, that which is perfect, a full age person, perfect. In other words, they're mature. They ain't got nothing to do with being holy or sinless. James, the book, was one of the earliest books that we have in the Bible. It was written by the half-brother of Jesus, we're told. It was written to the 12 tribes dispersed that were being persecuted, going through trials. And their trials was from the beginning to the end everything. Some of them was even be put to death. And these were very strong trials. But what does James tell them? He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Well, if you're going to talk about trials, we can't leave Job out, can we? He's an example to all of us. And I'm just going to highlight some points. If you do not know the story, you need to go home and read it. Job loses everything, verses 1 through 9. But he has three friends that come to help him out. Job continues pleading with God. He continues having hope in God believing he had done nothing wrong. He had probably three of the worst friends you could have in life. They did nothing but add to his burden in the trials he was going through. But the Lord finally answers Job. Job starts, he wanted to lay his case before God. 
God was pretty severe with Job. He asked him, where were you when I created things? Where were you in this? Where were you in that? And Job finally says, I put my hands over my mouth and I was silent. Because we all should be silent at times because he is God. That is our position in life. Not to question, in my favorite expression, we don't whittle on his end of the stick. He don't need no help. He gave us everything we need to survive every trial there is. And James says we're supposed to look at him as joy. I ain't sure I look at him quite all joyfulest. But I learned something. And I'm a better Christian for going through it than I was before I went through it. And I think that's the main thing. What kind of trials do we face today? We face numerous trials. I'm going to share a few that I had when I went to work at General Motors. I went to work in General Motors in 96. Never really done a manufacturing job in my life. I'd always been in management or a leader of some type in somebody's business. Well, I go to work at General Motors, and needless to say, Hogan's different than the rest of the people down there. And didn't even know Larry was there at that time. I could have used a little help, you know. <laughs> but I'm sitting there talking to my team leader, and pretty soon he says, Hey, guys. Guess what? Hogan thinks you're all going to hell. Not sitting there, okay, <laughs> game on. <laughs> I said, well, that's not exactly right, I said. I said, what I told him was, if you don't follow the Bible and live a life according to God's will, that you'll never make it to heaven. Oh, my, that didn't, that didn't calm him down any. <laughs> but... As time went on, break time comes. I'm saying, hmm, where do I take my break? <laughs> but I go in there, and it was really good. I had a very good friend now, Ron Lopez, come up and talk to me. He was Catholic. We had a good discussion. And I become very good friends with everybody in the team because they knew Hogan was a worker. I had to be because I'm a servant of God. I always had to do my best. It was used against me at times because of that. But that's okay. You know, I got, as long as God's happy, I, I care less what's going on around me. I'll get through it somehow because James tells me it's all joyful anyway. I mean, so here we go. Three months later, I'm thinking, whew, this is over with. <laughs> I'm, I can survive. I'm bringing Marianne home to raise my kids. I think that's a scriptural way to do it, and everything's good. Break room. Break room's a room about this size, and in the corner, the foreman has an office. We're at break room, and uh, getting ready to go back to the line. Line starts, you got to be there, <laughs> or be real fast to catch up, or you're in trouble. A lady comes up to me, and she says, Hogan, I got a problem. I need help. So, what's your problem? She says, I've been on a job, and my foreman 
and team leader will let, not let me go to this job. I said, well, have you talked to your union leadership? Yes. I said, well, what's the problem? Team leader says I have to have sex with him before I can go to my job. Needless to say, Hogan's spirit stirred again. <laughs> the foreman's walking by. I pull him over to the side, and I, I told him, I said, are you stupid or what? I said, you know this situation here? And he says, yes. I said, you're liable. This is sex discrimination. I said, you got to be one of the most stupid people I've met down here. He says, Hogan, I'll take care of it. He did. He moved her to her job. So this is all in three months. I'm thinking, you know, the worst is over. Well, every person in General Motors that carries a Bible or considers themselves a Christian of anything is a Bible thumper. Well, this guy goes to a team, and this team was a little different. A little different than the average auto worker. It was a little more immoral in that team. They literally tortured this guy, wanting him to do things that a moral person wouldn't do, let alone a Christian. He comes to work one day. He's got this big banner above the job that he starts out on his job. It says, Judas hung himself. There goes Hogan's spirit again. I say, coming, I'm in trouble again. So I approached the union, got permission to have a Bible study, invited almost 4,000 people to my Bible study. You cannot allow people to be persecuted over believing in God. So, that's how my career started out, General Motors. <laughs> hey, but I'm retired now. It's all good. <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to rebuke a brother or sister in Christ, let alone an eldership. Let's look at some verses. And you still remember the scripture reading, right? Because you got to keep that in mind at all times. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. We're going to go to Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Proverbs twelve fifteen. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Sixteen two. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the spirit. 
Proverbs 21, 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. What about when you're accused of something? What about when people are gossiping about you? What about when people are gossiping about somebody else? What's your role? Do you stand up? Do you say something? Or do you join in in the gossip? Or do you ignore it and hope it goes away? You know, problems don't go away. And it's just, they have to be dealt with. And this church is no different than any other church. You're going to have problems. That's how you handle those problems that will bring God the glory and that you can live your lives in a way that you'll reach that golden heaven. You know, I'm I'm glad to say I can go back to any church that I've ever attended and they would welcome me with welcome arms. Now, things, some things would have had to been straightened out. But I, that's not my business now. I'm not a part of that congregation. And my hope is that things have worked out there. And I know in one case, in Richmond, things have worked out. It's one of the strongest congregations around. So... That's something, you know, we just, we're going to be judged by how we handle our trials. And we're going to be judged how we handle it. John says, if you, Christ said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Our desire is to please God. Paul told the Colossians to seek those things above. Because he knew if they seek the things above, these trials, they're going to come and they're going to go. They ain't, they're no big deal. And there's, you know, in a good expression that people use, it's only a moment. That's all it is. But I've seen Christians' lives destroyed over trials. I had a very good friend, very honest person, knew my family back to my grandparents. And uh, he decided to go back and buy the family farm down in Ozark, Missouri. I told him, I said, man, that's great. I said, what are you going to do with it? It's back in the hills. He says, I'm building me a log house, and I'm straightening the church out. Whoa! Let's see, this is the church that my uncle helped build. This is the church where my cousin baptized me. Here's the church that knows nothing about God's word. I, I said, I said, Archie, you got a problem. He says, what's that? I said, you might not be able to straighten that church out. That church has been around for probably close to 100 years. You know, they don't ground people in faith. They don't withdraw from people. This church is so bad, I was down there tending at one time, 
And uh, my cousin asked me, he says, well, you know Jack's with us now. I said, okay. You think Jack would make a good elder? Jack just come from the most liberal church <laughs> there was in Ozark County. It was so liberal that he walked away because the deacons had a Super Bowl party and talked half the congregation and not even going to church that day. But he asked me if he'll make a good elder. I'm saying, well, let's see. They give apple pie and coffee during Bible service. Uh, they do anything and everything in the world. I said, well, you know, I think chances probably not. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Yeah. What I wanted to say, you know, let me choke you a little bit and we can come to agreement because he's my cousin. I'll throw it in for suit because you're a brother that way. <laughs> but it's neither there. Common sense will get you everywhere in life, and it will get you to heaven. That I do know. But these are all various trials, and I know my trials are no more spectacular or different than any of yours, but it's how we handle them. Patience, long-suffering, Endurance, continue praying for the people that are in wrong. It means everything to God. God's here to save souls, and he's here to use us to save souls. And we can't save souls if we hate somebody or we have such a vengeance against them. We don't sleep at night. We're still talking about the problems six months to a year after the problem's over. That's not the love that God teaches. Well, I got a few more passages, and I'm going to let the sermon be yours. And I'm glad this didn't lead into two sermons. Uh, that would have been more torture, torture on me. <laughs> Let's go to Matthew 12, verses 35 through 37. Matthew twelve thirty-five through 37. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned let's go back to the book of James James 1 5 through 8 if, if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable, in all his ways. Second Timothy two fifteen. 
Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Brothers and sisters, there's a right way to study with people, and there's a wrong way. And hammering them is never the answer. Then we'll end with our scripture reading. Everybody remember? James is going to quote it to you, but I put a little bit too much pressure on him right before he got up there. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you have the greatest opportunity in your life. You can jump in and go through the trials that the rest of us Christians go through. But the blessings so much outweigh the trials. James right, ain't he? They're joyful. Only way to look at it. If you have not been leading a life for God and you need help, men of the congregation here would love to sit down and talk to you. Please come as we make these things known.